Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Saul! Hello everyone and welcome to the Roll Down Podcast. My name is Cutler and I am joined, as always, for the last 23 episodes by my special companion, best friend, closest closest person in my entire life uh, on this podcast, and that is Sol. Welcome to the podcast, as always. Good to be here, as always. Oh, guys, big, big episode. I want to introduce a very special guest, perhaps the biggest guest we've ever had on the show. Could we perhaps even get a bigger guest? I don't think so. Robin Songs, welcome ah. to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Guys, we have a massive episode prepared for you guys today. It is going to be all about worlds, all about the new patch, the world's patch, as they're calling it. Uh, first thing we want to do, however, as we always do on this episode of the podcast, is talk to our guest talk to Robin, learn a little bit more about him, where he came from, his background. So, Robin, pretty easy to start off with. How'd you get into TFT? How did I get into TFT? Um, I used to play League. Um, Riven one trick. Uh, I peaked at Diamond 1, which is basically Masters, which is basically like Challenger. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, it was set one, I think, and then my my friends were like, "Oh, there's this new like game mode that you should try out. It's like a auto chess." And I was like, "I was like, man, I was like, uh, I don't like chess." But then they're like, um, "No, I just try it. It's really fun." So I tried it with them, and then I think I remember playing like an in house my first game, and then I got like I went eighth, and then I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I don't know why, but like I got like really obsessed with like getting better at the game or learning the game. So I, I just like started like searching like you know, tutorials, Scarlet videos about, like, econ and stuff like that, and then uh, and then I just got better at the game. I don't know. And then, uh, and yeah, that's how I got into TFT. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I actually, I started the exact same way. Scarlet videos was my into learning about TFT to begin with. I want to talk to you a little bit now about sort of this, this meteoric rise towards, uh, massive streamer that you are now does it feel weird to look down at your stream sometimes and see five six seven ten thousand people watching you at any given time um it's definitely weird um uh, i mean if if you think about it like that it's weird but in the moment when you're streaming it's not that weird i guess because i think my growth has been so like organic mm. like it's happened like starting when i started streaming i was at like literally like one viewer right and then just like months and months just kept growing so like you know how when you know how when like you know what i'm talking about like when something happens throughout not very very long time but like gradually you don't really like if someone's like getting older gradually you don't really notice that they, they got old until like you after like 10 years maybe you notice that oh wow like they got really old or like okay i don't know if that's a good example but you guys know what i'm saying <laughs> no, <we're not> <laughs> yeah yeah it's incredible so, like, uh, yeah yeah so like so like um i still don't think that i'm like that big but like looking at the stats like 
um that is a, like a lot of viewers right so i mean it gets weird when i start to think about it but like in the moment like it's it, i just feel like i'm still streaming to like this like you know like <laughs> other my mom uh like 10 uh <laughs> like uh just a few viewers so yeah it's both it's weird and not weird Fascinating. That is really interesting. Um, I'd love to sort of talk about kind of the the top echelon of TFT streamers. You know, guys like Soju and, and Hugh. And we talked a little bit off off camera about like you going to Vegas to meet up with a lot of these great TFT players and and friends of yours from online. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind like recapping that experience, like how that experience was for you to like meet all of these people that you'd become friends with online. Um. Why did we go to Vegas? Oh, yeah. So it was, like, after, like, Worlds, right? Or Regionals. Like, the season was over. And then um, I think they, we all, like, wanted to meet up somewhere in Vegas. And then, like, um, I think because, like, Hafu and Becca lived there or something. So they wanted to, go like, visit them. Um, so I kind of, like, tagged along. Um, um, and then um, I don't think I was nervous meeting them because i've i've actually met i've actually met people that i've met online before um like i used to play maple story mobile and i met a lot of uh friends from there in real life so it's not like my first time meeting online people for the first time so i wasn't like that nervous usually it's like a really good experience so when i saw them there i was like um you know uh yeah i wasn't really worried or anything like oh like what if this guy's weird or like oh what if it's awkward um everything was like pretty normal and uh we know we had a, we had a great time. Everyone was like exactly like how they were uh, on stream, except like a little bit like less of them. You know what I mean? Like like a like a toned down version of their real like of their stream personality. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, and uh, we went a second time, and you know the second time it was just like like uh we go way back, kind of not really, you know, just like nice to see you again, stuff like that. So it was cool um so if anyone's like if, if anyone's like nervous and stuff like i feel like you don't have to be like I, I think most of the people that uh you are friends with online like you guys will still like you know be the same rl yeah i'd love to um hear your thought process as well on tft twitch chat specifically there's been a lot of discussion recently about like the state of tft twitch chat you know it's getting it's getting funnier there's more me there's more memes the community's growing there's a lot more yeah. um, there's a lot more sort of interconnectivity between other players and events and you know people are playing games together and different games together and then they're coming back to tft so i was wondering how how what your thoughts are on on sort of the like tft twitch chat and, and what it's like to be kind of like a big streamer with a big influx of you cone spam in your bat chest every 30 months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And like, I feel like the, the, uh, I feel like, um, like the history books in later future in the future, when they look back at Twitch, like it's actually like a really cool thing. Like the Twitch metas, like you, there's like, you can't really explain it. And it's so like, you have to just you, like, no one's like forcing anything. You have to let it happen like organically. Right. So it's like one of the funniest things in the world, I think. <laughs> and uh, um, I think TFT Twitch chat in particular is uh, like TFT is like, I, I always say TFT is like the perfect game to stream, uh, you know, minus the backseating because you have so much downtime and uh, that you can interact with chat a lot. 
And uh, there, there's so many things that like that spawn from TFT, right? Like Dies of Cringe, um, you know, like Cucone, like Bat, like Batman, Robin, and all that, like the Batman universe. Like, how what other community will come up with this stuff? Like the 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 TFT Twitch emote game and like the Twitch chat game. It's honestly like a really really like fun experience, and that's why I think like TFT gets a lot of viewers, um, or has a lot of viewership, um. Um, but yeah, I've tried streaming other games. Like I've tried streaming like League or Valorant and stuff, and it's just like not the same. It's really like it's not the same because like I when I'm playing Valorant, I can't even look at chat like majority of the time like yeah. until I die, right? And when I die, I just look at chat and they don't even say anything. Like the funniest thing they'll say is like, "Oh, like you have to click the person or something," you know, like to kill them or something, or like or like nice NT. They just spam NT, you know. But uh, it gets it gets old. Whereas in TFT, they can there's so many different variations of like. Stuff like that. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very, very interesting. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. Brilliant. Uh, guys, before we get onto our big topic, which is Worlds, we wanted to sort of do a little discussion about the patch that we've just had, as well as the LCQ. Um, so I'm going to come to you first and sort of talk about the patch. I know you said off stream, uh, off cam, just before we started, that you stayed up all night playing a lot of this new patch. Um, I'm interested to hear nope. some of your early thoughts on, on what you think's changed. Yeah, uh, patch, uh, patch good. Uh, I've been playing a lot. Uh, I, I, I don't know why in particular, but I've just been playing a lot off stream. Um, the games are pretty fun. Uh, I've been fast nighting a lot. Uh, every game, I'm just like, how can I fast nine? Because uh, yeah, these legendary units are uh, pretty fun to play around. Uh, but yeah, in general though, I think the patch is like pretty solid, and um, I, I think that like a lot of the things that were sort of out of line got turned down, which is really nice. Uh, so yeah, I definitely feel like the game is in a spot right now where like you can make most carries work, which is good. Uh, yeah, it's definitely what you want to see out of a world patch, I think. Getting a bit sick of this fucking Victor unit, but we'll get onto that. Uh, Robin, <laughs> I'll come to you. Uh, hear your thoughts on on the patch if. Um... Uh, how you're feeling? You played quite a few games. I mean, I sat and watched your stream yesterday. I, I've I've seen some of the games that you've been playing. Uh, do you have any early thoughts on on how this patch is shaping out? Yeah, the, this patch is the best patch of six point five. I already said it, and I've been saying it. I even leaked it before it came out because uh, um, basically two patches ago they fixed the champion balancing. Right, like the champion balancing was horrible. Mm. Um. You know, it was like the worst one of the, like the worst patch, like Synaptic Mutants. Um, the regionals patch was pretty bad. Synaptic Mutants, Sharpshooters, Sivir, like it was so bad. But then like um, they patched it, and then you know th um, they made uh, you know Synaptic's not that good anymore. And then um, Sivir was still stronger, but you can play a lot more comps. They they buffed Jin, right? So Jin's playable, um, and then and then Draven's playable and stuff like that. Um, and then now this patch, they finally cleaned everything up, um, with augments. So, like, last patch, the champions were balanced, but the augments are super unbalanced. Still, like, uh, Tiny Titans, um, you know, getting Tiny Titans, like, first or second. Uh, Sharpshooter is a freaking, not a prismatic, and, like, um, you can get, I can cuss, right? Like, you get, you get, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't cuss. You can get, you can get more dog. So many games. But then now they fixed the augments where, like, the chance of you getting more dog is like probably like ninety percent to like ten percent, and then uh, and the champions are balanced too. So this patch is like, like, like okay, like balance wise, it's the best. Like, so if you like balance and you think it's fun, it's 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 fun. Fun is subjective, right? Like some people might like 
degening a comp every turn, every every game. So they might not think this is the most fun patch, but as far as balance wise, like it's the most it's the most balanced. But like I just wish that Riot could uh get their balance right sooner. Rather than like the patches that don't matter. Because this happens like almost every set. Um there are some sets where they can get it right, like right off the bat, or like uh in the middle of the set, but it's really rare. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I think a lot of their um a lot of well, I mean, when you go back and you listen to the Mort uh videos about the patches, uh, you know, one of the first things he said when when they talked about Jin specifically, because they nerfed Jin on this patch, he said, Yeah, we made Jin too strong. Uh, we know we did. So now we're correcting it. Which I find a really interesting take on balance. I think it, it doesn't benefit the people that play a lot when you do things like that. I think you overbuff somebody only to nerf them again two seconds later. I find that not maybe the most natural state of balance because it swings everything so much all the time. But I'll, I'll defer to Sol when I talk about this because you've worked in, you know, you've done a lot of game design and, and studied game design and things like that. So what are your thoughts on, on the balance shakeups that have been going on? I think in general, Thrash is, like, not very good. Like, I think we can objectively say that, like, Thrash is, thrashing is kind of bad, right, when it comes to this balance. But uh, I think in this case, it made sense to Thrash because they basically needed, they only had two patches, right, to sort of get it right because... You know, this patch is is world patch. They need to get it right, right? So it made sense to, like, overbuff a few things, like Jin being the primary example. So that, like, if they knew that, like, if it's, if it's like, overperforming, then they could just, like, rein it back in, right? So, like, for example, like, Mort talked in the, uh, what's it called? The, the post-mortem, where um, if they made Jin 60 mana and then it, like, wasn't very clear how, like, whether he needed more love or less love, like, it would have been really awkward. Like, well, for example, like, if they made him 60 mana, and then they buffed him further to 70 mana, we would be stuck with this... If they buffed him further to 50 mana from 60, we would be stuck with the 50 mana Jin for uh, Waltz. But instead, uh, by making Jin 50 mana immediately, and looking at the stats, and they're like, okay, Jin's win rate's a bit too high now, you know, you already, like, you know that you can just order correct by bringing it back to 60. So, yeah, I think that there are situations where, uh, as a dev, like, it makes a lot of sense to... Um, to sort of go for like more drastic changes because you're on a limited time. But I think in general though, it's not too great to like change like five different things in like a single tree at once. Or like, you know, like I'll 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 give the example that like for example, I don't think it was a very good idea to like, you know, just sweeping like 80 nerf to everything and then like not not touch AP at all. And then yeah, we ended up with a patch, right? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good points. Um, I'd like to ch uh, chat about like a couple of specific examples of the patch. Um, firstly, the Karzix fix that they've implemented, where he walks a little bit faster between units. Um, Robin, any any thoughts on this sort of kind of strange change to Karzix to try and make him a little bit more viable when he's jumping around the place and can get on units really quickly? Oh, I think Karzix's broken now. Okay. I think Karzix's broken. But... I feel like he was already early, like really strong before the jump fix, fix. But then now, uh, now he's like, uh, I wouldn't say he's broken. I have to play more. But I feel like he's really strong. I feel like he didn't really need the jump fix, but maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Sol, I'll come to you. Uh, we have talked about a lot on this podcast, especially at six point zero when we first started about how shit Galio was and where his identity <laughs> like how yeah. like how they nerfed him consistently and, and what the issues were with uh with his sort of unit type 
another buff for him. He's actually getting a lot of play rate right now. It keeps going up and up and up. What yeah. are your thoughts on, on Galio right now? Uh, I play a lot of Galio. <laughs> Mostly because I fast 9 a lot. So I play a lot of Galio. Because, uh, like, yeah, because all you really need, like, in the... Like, the fast 9 board is pretty much just, like, it's just Victor, Jinx, uh, Kai'Sa, Lex Carry. Then your front line is usually just Braum plus Galio. And, and all you literally need is like burst CC to like like CC them for like two three seconds and the fight's over. And that's in that context, Galio is like been really really good. Uh, although that being said though, I don't know how much like of that is actually like the buffs mattering. Cause like all the buffs have changed is like his damage. Like the buffs like don't really affect like his CC or like his tankiness or anything. So yeah, it's not just in the context of like a specific board. I think Galio is really really good, but like I think he still has the issue of like just being really hard to play before level nine because you, you you're giving that extra slot up and it's just. Sometimes it's just so hard to fit that extra slot in. Uh, Robin, as an avid Sivir enjoyer, you play a lot of Sivir on, on stream uh, all the time. I was wondering about what I your don't. thoughts are on the new patch or how Sivir is uh, looking right now. Um, I think Sivir is finally in a good spot. She's not too strong and she's not too weak. Um, she was omega broken the entire set. No one just, like, no one... I mean... No one really knew until Sox brought it up. Uh, I kind of knew. Um, there's a lot of Sivir haters, right? Like, everyone's on the Aurelia train. But then Sox knew that Sivir was broken, and then Sox released attack. And after he released attack, everyone jumped on Sivir. And then, uh, but Sivir was, like, broken all along, I think. Um, they were just building her wrong, I guess. Uh, or playing, like, the Hexic version or something. But now I think she's in a good, now I think she's in a good place, finally. So um, definitely a far cry from yeah. sort of the first patch where it was only Sivir and Renata players in every lobby. Oh, oh, that patch was terrible. Um, but I climbed a lot. You can't. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. I climbed the most in terrible patches. Uh, yeah, that's when you know you just got to knuckle down and play the broken shit for a few days. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, that is true. Thanks to the chat for bringing it up. It was on the Roll Down podcast that Sox did say that Sivir was really broken and that everybody should be playing it. Um, thanks very much, Sox, for that. That's really good. That was, that was you cool. guys leaked it. Yeah, that was our fault. We, we were, were responsible. <laughs> yeah, that was us. Sorry about that, Sox. Uh, let's, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the LCQ. Uh, we have two North American players attending. Uh, Robin, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind giving your thoughts on, on, their chances i suppose you know it's a really stacked lineup to be honest as well so it's going to be a really a really fun event what are your uh, um thoughts on the lcq 100 yes i might i might i might stream it um but i don't know who else is going to be streaming it but i might stream it it's this saturday at 10 a.m pacific at uh, 1 p.m eastern um okay it's not 100 i was, I was uh, it's not 100 but like i think okay i don't even know the other players though i know snooper is playing um i know he's from brazil I think Uso Lucas is also world's mm. world player last year. Um, I know Uso Lucas and Sluper are pretty good. Um, King as well. Uh, King. Oh, yeah, King. Is there any OCE players? or No, no. no. Uh, the two OCE players <laughs> went straight through to the Worlds. But... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, think, I think we have a really good chance, though, because I feel like Ramblin is really good. He's, he's definitely a world's caliber player. Uh, Nico, I feel like, is really, really good, uh, underrated as well. So I think we have a really good chance, but I don't know. I don't know how strong the other players are. So I have no idea. But I'm just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna make it 100. percent So we're gonna have six qualifiers at Worlds. 
Nice. Love that. It's going to be a really, really fun tournament. Let's move on. Biggest portion of this episode, we are going to dedicate two worlds. We want to really get into the mind of them, preparing for worlds, prepping for a big tournament. And um, Robin is the perfect person to help us for that because uh, you've prepared for the biggest tournaments of them all. I was wondering what goes into your preparation. We've talked to a lot of pro players about how they prepare, and we talked to GV8 uh, two weeks ago about regionals and how he prepares for events or how he plans to prepare for worlds. So what was it like yeah. for you preparing for, for the biggest events? Um, so so my preparation was actually not that good. Um, I felt like I could have done more. That was probably like a big reason why I didn't do that well at worlds. Um, I think first thing for, for preparation, you need to fix your sleep schedule. Because there's you have to start playing at like 2 a.m. or something, um, Pacific. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you need to do is uh change your sleep schedule so you're actually like uh, mentally and physically like uh hundred percent at like 2 a.m. So you probably need to wake up at like midnight or something or like 11, 11 p.m. So you literally have to like if you're from Pacific or Eastern, you have to like switch 24 hours. Uh, I think for GVA, it's I think for Eastern players it's actually better because I I think the I think the tournament starts at three Pacific, so it's six a.m. for Eastern. So for GVA, he actually it's actually good for him because he I think he's like he said he's like old, so he like sleeps at like nine and wakes up at like five or something. Yeah, me too. So it's actually perfect old. for him. Um, but for if you're Pacific, whatever, yeah, you have to like uh sleep, fix your sleep. Second thing is um I mean how I prepare was I just like spam games, um uh, in solo queue. That's what I did last last set, but um, I went from like rank two to like rank forty or something, because they had a, it was a new patch. Um, it was like after regionals patch. I was really good at regionals patch, but then they they nerfed Jax and stuff and Lucian and stuff. So uh, I was kind of lost, I think. Um, but I didn't want to admit it because of like my ego or something, and also like I was I was also like too lazy or also like um too lazy slash ego to like reach out to other players and like ask for help, you know, um. And I just, like, I lost a shit ton of LP, but I just uh, chalked that up to, like, oh, it's solo queue. I don't care, right? Um, I'm not playing for real. But in reality, like, in reality, if you're in solo queue, and if you're not playing for real, but you're dropping... Because, like, if you're a world caliber player, you don't have to play for real. You'll still climb in solo queue. If if the patch... If you're if you're good, right, at the patch. But if you're bad at the patch, you'll, 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 you'll fall. So, um, um, I was actually, like, not that good at the patch. Uh, but I didn't want to admit it, or like I didn't realize it. So I went into worlds like not in not in like peak form, and then uh, I didn't do that well. Um, so I would say uh, my advice is to uh, you know you you have to spam solo queue games, play as many in houses as possible, but definitely reach out for help. Uh, reach out to other players that are that are really doing really well um, during that patch. I think I think Milk does this really well. I think Milk last year he like literally reached out to like um, everyone but like me for help. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was like, oh yeah, he's like, I reached out to everyone for help, and I was like, wait, you didn't, you didn't reach out to me? He's like, oh, uh, I saw your LP, so uh, going down, and <laughs> no, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, he probably saw my LP. He's like, okay, yeah, I'm not gonna get advice from this guy. Um, but yeah, I think uh, our representatives this year, I think uh, they are prepping really well for it. At least they're starting. They were like goofing around until this patch, but um, but yeah, just like yeah, that's my advice, I guess. We'd love your thoughts on uh, VOD review as well. You know, we've had pro players come on here and, and talk about like reviewing your games, uh, 
you know, we've had them come on and say like, oh, 80% of my preparation for events is squad review and I only play 20% of games or, you know, 80% the other way around. What are your thoughts on like VOD reviewing, like your own games, having people backseating your games and things like that? You see it a lot. I mean, there's a lot of NA streams right now with about four or five players in call talking about the best, you know, the best augment to take here or the best time to level and things like that. Do you think it's extremely valuable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think backseating is super valuable. It's that's like asking someone for help, basically. But um, because hmm. uh, you can get their perspective. You don't have to listen to one hundred percent the things they say, but you can get their perspective and their reasonings. You can also find out um some weaknesses of your play, and to fix that, um, I think bot review is super important because uh, um, I think like I, I think they did a bot review of my regionals play this year, and I learned a lot. Um, but yeah, that's super important. I'm just like, so I'm, I'm super lazy to like VOD review, review my own play. But honestly, if you want to win, you need to do everything possible to, uh, you can't be lazy, right? You have to like put in the work. That might have come and the out results today will... or yesterday, actually, that VOD review of your regional's performance. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to, I didn't get to see it yet, but I saw a post about it. Hmm. Um, I'd love to ask you about regionals itself. I mean, you played fantastic. We did a whole recap of all of GB8's games and pretty much all of the final eights games as well while preparing for GB8 to come on the episode. How did you feel the tournament went overall? I know you said that it wasn't a very good patch, realistically, but do you mm -hmm. feel like you, you played well during the, the event? Uh, I feel like I... I honestly feel like um I played really well the, the entire tourney. Um, I, even though you... Well, like even though I went seventh, I went seventh overall. I feel like I actually played pretty well the last day, but obviously you can't play perfectly. If I played perfectly, I would have made it to worlds. Um, but I, as I, like um, in terms of like how like a, an average player or like a, a worlds player or like a you know a regionals player how well they play, I would say I definitely played like a little bit above average. Like the mistakes I made were like I didn't make that many mistakes and uh, like big mistakes. Um, but I got a little bit, I, like, I definitely did get, did get a little bit unlucky the last day. Um, but it's not the luck, like, it's not the luck's fault. Like, if I played better, I would have, I would have made it, right? Um, so yeah, I, uh, but I think I could have prepped for it better, for sure. Like, uh, I think I, I mean, I, I realize now, like, so my strat for regionals, I started chain vest and I flexed AP and AD, but I felt like on the last, in the last, this might be a little bit hindsight, but I feel like in the last lobby, in the last uh, regionals finals, I should have just like hard force AD because there's actually a lot of AP players in the in the, in the lobby, like Ramblin and uh, Aniko and uh, Goobums is flex, so there's potentially like three. And if you're playing AP, like it's not like AD where like if you're contested, like like if you're contested AP, it's like significantly worse, right? Because you got to get like the Vex three and stuff like that. Um, so I think throughout the whole tourney, not a lot of people were playing AP. So I, like, so like me flexing AP was good, um, getting like top four placements, but the final lobby, there's too many AP players. I should have just like hardcore silver. I feel like I would have done a better, had a better placement. There was also like three hardcore silver players in that final lobby as well, to be honest, really. Yeah, yeah, no, not really. Like Milk is a hardcore silver player. GBA is, uh, he wants to play silver. And then DQ, uh, not, not DQA. DK was playing like Warwick or something. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's so there's there's uh so the players are um GV8 who's um flex server, Milk is hard for server, 
Um, DQA is Warwick Zipper, and then um, Solus is uh, like just AD, I think, right? Um, and then uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, it was like Ramblin AP, Aniko AP, and then Gubum's Flex, right? So if you do that, it's like it's like two AP, three AD, and like two AP, th uh, three or four AD, and then one Flex. So um. I think you'd rather be with like the AD group than you'd rather be you rather be like five AD than like three AP. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, More like AD three AP is. players is so brutal. Um, one person or two people are, are for sure gonna go about uh about four. Mm -hmm. So I actually I actually like mapped it out before going into regionals. I was like, oh, there's there's actually only two AP players and like four five AD server users. So I'm actually still gonna play flex. Um, I don't want to like force AD too hard because there's a lot of AD players, but I realize like, um, dude, contested AP is so hard. Yeah, like contested AD is fine. Like you just get silver one, it's fine, and you can also pivot to Jin or Draven. So, hmm. yeah, we saw a GB8 do a lot of pivoting to Jin and Iniko as well. Actually, they both pivoted quite a lot to Jin during the the regionals. Um, Sol, I wanted to come to you and. And ask you if you had any um, questions for Robin on on sort of tournament preparation and things like that. Yeah, sure. Um, I think my question is like probably like when you're prepping for twenties, how much do you actually sort of? I think it varies in players to players, but how much do you personally sort of watch what your competitors are doing in terms of like you know watching maybe like studying their vods, watching their streams, yeah, how, sort of yeah. How much of that goes into your sort of process? Oh, I don't. I don't do that. Um... I don't do that uh that much. Like my prep is like I don't prep. I don't I don't like hundred percent like sweat prep. I just play. Uh, I just stream and play solo queue. Um, but I could like that will definitely help. Um, especially for the final lobby. I mean, I kind of had a general idea of like what they were playing, but I didn't go to like their dude. Goobums deleted his bots, so I couldn't. I wanted to see how how Goobums was playing and how GBA was playing, but they both deleted their bots. Oh. Um, that's actually that's actually another strat, by the way. It's actually really useful because I would have gained a lot, a lot of knowledge by by uh by reviewing GBA's um vods and Gubums vods because GBA and Gubums were averaging so good um throughout the entire tourney. So I was like, oh, what's the tech, right? Uh, but they they removed the vods, so I had to look at other people's vods for and then pause it when they fought GBA, um, and look at GBA's board like that. It was like a third person <laughs> vod review. <laughs> uh, I did do that, but I didn't like I didn't like bot review every single person. Like I didn't bot review Nico, Ramblin, whatever. That's a lot of effort. That yeah. Effort. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, for me personally, I I don't I I didn't do it, but uh, I know a lot. I know other people that do. I play the game more instead of like yeah. studying, basically. Do you think it's feasible for world players to literally know everything about everybody? I mean, Chinese regionals is currently going on um right now i mean there's players from all over the world all different game styles and positions and different servers i mean do you even think it's feasible for players attending the world championships to like know all of their competitors what they do how they play i don't think it's feasible to know everyone but um it's it's um it's pretty normal for you to know the strong players and how they play yeah um if they have a really good showing at regionals um People tend to study them more. I know. I know a lot of Chinese players um, watch my vods because I popped up at regionals last year. So they 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 literally studied me and they they uh they um they found out how I played. 
um, but they were really, really surprised uh, be- of how I played at Worlds because I played completely different. But it was it was because it was a different patch. That's why. Yeah. Like I was like donking at seven a lot at regionals, so they're like, okay, like um, Robin's like a really ag- aggressive player and he like rolls a lot at seven. But then at Worlds, like I went like fast eight a lot. Um, so they 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 don't really like. Uh, also, like other regions, they don't really notice like a single player usually, but they notice like the whole region and how they play. Um, Chinese Chinese players notice that American uh, you, um, American players um, they tend to like to fast eight a lot. And they don't like to roll at seven, um, so they abused it by like rolling to zero at seven and like pressuring you. Um, they realized that uh, like the um, the US the US people were like a little bit behind meta. Because um, we were still playing like Ophelios and like Draven and stuff, and they were just like hard forcing like Lucian, uh, Sentinels at level seven, or like Valkos, Lucian Valkos, and uh, their strat was definitely better. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think Ophelios is uh, Ophelios Draven were definitely like B tier. You should you should just Donkey Roll at seven for Lucian Valkos. That's like the most op- that was the most optimal strat I think at Worlds. They nerfed Jax really badly right before Worlds as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, Jax was playable, but, like, not that good. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they definitely over-nerfed him a little. That's why I was like, dude, more dog. Like, bro, why are you going to do me dirty like that? I'm representing your region, man. <laughs> I was like, why, why are you, why are you? I, I, he, I even told him, I was like, yo, like, more dog, can you, like, not nerf Jax and Lucian until after Worlds? <laughs> okay, <O-O-O-H> business. <laughs> and, then, and then he nerfed it. Get I was like, bro. Get hit with the scene. Mm. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear your thought. I mean, being able to say that you've attended the World Championships in a in a set, I assume, would mean that you probably enjoyed set 5.5, I would say. But we were talking off-stream yep. a little bit about some of our favorite sets that we've played slash least favorite. I was wondering if you had, like, favorite sets, least favorite sets, favorite units, things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My favorite set... Would have to be. I'm not gonna. I don't do point fives because I don't really remember like specifically like the point fives. I just do like the whole numbers. But I, I would say my favorite set is uh set three probably because uh set three like um is when I first started streaming and I reached rank one. That was like when I started streaming and people starting to like know who I was. So that still will always be like really important to me. But like um and also like I really like mech. I was like a mech one trick and that's how I became like uh well known. Um I liked uh Star Guardians E Girls. That comp is really good. Uh, Cybers, Astro Snipers, stuff like that. So I think set three was really good. And then after that, it's probably... um, After set three, it's probably like set six. I think set six is like the most fun set. It has like the most replayability because of augments. It's not like balanced at all, but um, it's really fun like to stream and stuff. Um, Right? Like the augments, you can create so much content with augments, right? Like um, so different like different tubers and stuff like that. Um, after set six, probably set five, just because I went to worlds for set five. Um, also, it, it really set five really complements my playstyle because it's very very simple. You just pick an armory. It's like not that not that flexible. Uh, after set five is probably set one for like nostalgic reasons. Um, and then after set one is set four, I think chosen. Um, and then after chosen is set two. That's my least favorite set two. Um, my favorite unit is Riven, because I was a Riven one-trick. So Dusk Riven is my favorite unit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds... We've had some Dusk Riven enjoyers on this, on this podcast <laughs> I'd host with one of them, I think. Sol, you have played pretty much only Riven, I feel, I feel like, in set four. 
Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds about right. Revenge! <laughs> or Warwick. Uh, no, 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 I played Zero Warwick. I actually did not play any Warwick. Same, same. I didn't play Warwick either. Yeah. Warwick, I just didn't play the game. Check the lol yeah. chess after. I didn't play for two weeks, actually. <laughs> uh, everyone's like, everyone has like PTSD of a Warwick. I'm like, bro, I just didn't play the game. But... Dude, I don't know why, but like... I, I don't care, like, playing an OP comp, like, over and over again, right? But I don't know why. That's that patch. I didn't play Warwick, and I was, like, so... That was the only patch that I, I didn't like TFT, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, what the fuck I think, is this? I think like, it was, yeah, likewise. This oh, you know what? You know what it is? You know what it is? It's because Warwick is a reroll comp. So you can't... Oh, no, it's not a reroll comp. It's a four No, no, it's, it's a, a reroll. It's, it's, it's a four-cost. Yeah, yeah. No, no, oh, but the problem play is that... Hmm. Problem is that the one the one star version with like Shiv and everything was like already like just and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I was yeah, trying to compare. Like, why did why did I why did I yeah. enjoy playing Sivir twenty twenty and not Warwick twenty twenty? It's like similar, right? Like, think, one star Sivir and like. Yeah. Warwick was probably more like crazy. I think it was just a lot more oppressive. Yeah, I think Warwick was just way more oppressive. You had yeah. the Vine as well, which gave you like damage reduction, like innate damage reduction. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't remember that far back. Yeah. I'm old. I, I didn't even play that patch, so I don't remember why Warwick was so broken. It was just it was just Shiv. Shiv QSS and like plus one. With yeah. his like tags and like his, his stats are just way over tuned. He just he just killed everything. Hmm. Yeah. Alright. Slightly back on topic. I wanna Robin, I wanna talk to you a little bit about the tournament format, the TFT tournament format. We had a lot of uh you know, twit longers about what's everything that's wrong or right with TFT or how to fix competitive TFT. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on, on current TFT competitive format, if there's a way that you think it can be improved upon potentially any ways that you think it already works, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I'm like really bad at this stuff. I'm not creative at all. Um, so I'm a really bad person to ask, but I, there are two things that I can think of that can make it better in my opinion. Um, number one, like the scoring system, Instead of 10 to 1, we, we should do 8 to 1 because I don't know why you get two extra points for getting first. First is usually high roll. So, and it's also not even that, that much more hype, right? Like the argument for 10 to 1 is probably, oh, like you feel better if you get first, stuff like that. Um, or you feel better if you get top four. But I don't think you should get two extra points fourth to fifth and two extra points for uh, second to first. Um, and I asked Twitch out. Like uh, the I'm pretty sure the majority of TFT competitors and Twitch chat like agree like it's more fair one through eight, um and then like I know that um like we said this and then they went back and changed they went back and um redid the points it as if we played one through eight and then none of the placements changed you know what I mean mm-hmm. so then that they're like oh none of the placements changed so they wouldn't even make a difference but like I feel like that's not the point like I feel like um it might make a difference in other tournaments. And if it did, I don't think it's fair. Um, so I think that ch- that would be a good change. Um, like just for regular tournaments, like for worlds, I understand checkmate is fine because um, you know it needs to be hype and you need to end on a first. You need to win on a first, right? So I feel like worlds is fine, but like for like all these like regionals or like regular tournaments, one through eight is okay. Um, the second thing I'm gonna say is um, I think so. Tournaments are usually like three days, right? Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you play Friday, half gets eliminated. You play sun- Saturday, half gets eliminated, right? I feel like, um, and then Sunday's the finals, right? I feel like they should not eliminate everyone uh, half first day. I feel like they should pull the points together 
for first and second day, and then after the second day, they should they should remove like everyone but the finalists. So you have two days of like pooling points. So instead of a sample size of six games, it's actually a sample size of twelve games. Right. Okay. I understand. Yeah, and if you if you combine that with one through eight, I feel like literally the most consistent players will always go to the finals. Hmm. Not always, but it's better than what we have now. Yeah, because you lower one day, you're out. It's like what? Yeah, and you get those horror stories of players who have done really well after two days, and then all of a sudden they they get one or two bottom placings, and all of a sudden they don't get to go to an event anymore. Yeah, yeah, me. You just described me. Yeah. So you want to average out the the the, the um the points to make it fairer. Totally agree. We had um similar in the OCE regionals, you know. I I think that there's so many ways for competitive games to be improved upon from a tournament perspective. Um, we both come from card game backgrounds, so we both sort of come from this very hyper extreme. You get to a tournament in this giant hall at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then you play nine rounds of games in 12 hours, and then you leave at 8 o'clock at night because it's been oh, all wow. day. Um, and that was never fun, and you also had to hang out with people that played card games all day, so it got really gross and sweaty, and it's hot in <laughs> Australia. And Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. But the, the thing is, like, having... If you're going to have... like tournament style swiss formats in tft um where you're attempting to find the best players you need to have a sample size that promotes like quality so i think the two days sounds really interesting i haven't heard that before um at least on, on this podcast that sounds really really cool and we got a lot of agreeing in twitch chat as well so can't be all yeah bad. i mean um nature's is doing all that right now um hmm. This guy called Natures, um, yeah. and then uh, he's he listens to people's uh, like uh, suggestions. So I'm pretty sure next that's competitive format will be better. Copium. Mm. He does a lot of the work with is it Wisdom or Giant Slayer? Are they the same? Thing? I think they're the same. Giant Wisdom <laughs> owns Giant Slayer, yeah. so um, yeah, he 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 got promoted to like the organizer, or whatever. And like uh, he like he asked he he like asked a lot of pro players to DM him about suggestions. We also have like a Discord group, and I think he they went into a call. I I like overslept, and also like, um, yeah, like I don't know a lot of these format things, but they he went to a call with like a lot of pro players, and they just like gave him everything. So, I'm um, pretty sure next set will be dope. Great. If I could talk briefly about next set before we get back onto worlds, um. You said that you like augments uh, in a way, and you said that you've liked the big changes that that they've made, and you you also said that you liked it when there wasn't too much to think about with armories and things like that. Do you? They've said that in a way, augments and armories and and all this kind of stuff is going to be coming, staying around in set seven. Do you agree with that in general? Would you like to see it stay around? Um. Yes, I I think augments should stay. I don't I don't know. I feel like augments were uh, gave so much replayability that if you go back to a TFT with no augments, um, people are gonna think it's boring. I think um, I know a lot of people bitch about augments because they're not they're not balanced, but um, we have to cater to like the uh, people that play this game for fun, not for not for competitive. 
So um, I think the best thing to do is to bring back augments, but hopefully have them balanced. Um, there was actually a Twitter poll recently that someone did, like, do you want augments to come back set seven? And uh, I think I think like at the beginning of this set, it would have been majority no, but then now it was majority yes. So I'm pretty sure the majority of people actually like augments. Even though they they like really hated the augments before because they're like really unbalanced, but then now they're slowly slowly like um, appreciating the augments more now. So your um your thoughts? Uh, I know we ask all of our guests this similar question, um, but do you want augments to come back? Yes, I am pro augments. <laughs> uh, I think that like despite the many headaches that I've gotten from augments and the many times I've cursed Walt Dog Name, I think that the overall argument for the game that, uh, as Robin said, uh, augments just give unparalleled amount of replayability. Like literally, no other set mechanic has ever like given. To, I feel like to TFT. Um, I think like. Was like I think that was like partly what made Galaxy so fun was that like every game was kind of different and and augments are just like that but like amplified to like ten million degree because like there is just an endless combination like, like there's an endless different like combination of like augments that you can have so yeah. like every game is quite literally unique like you will not have the two same games where you just have the exact same augments but I think that's really fun I think that's like I, I think that's like a lot preferable to like for example like forcing the same chosen every game or like forcing forcing the same shadow items every game forcing the same radiant items i, I think it's a lot more fun like still like, play around augments and i i i i i know that there's like a lot of people that like detract away and say that like all oh, augments are too energy but i think augments themselves can also be very very like very very skill testing because there are augments that just open up completely like weird lines of play that like if you explored before or like hadn't practiced before you just wouldn't even be able to see at all and like sometimes it's like the biggest high roll but like players just completely like we like like uh lesser players are just completely like like, like overlook the fact that like you know they've like super high roll i think that's really really cool yeah yeah interesting we get a lot of um we get a lot of uh, interesting discussion about whether or not this is a good thing going on in twitch chat right now um... like for 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 fun it's good for for competitive, yeah. it's bad, but mm. um, um, fun is greater than competitive for a longevity longevity of a game. So, do you think there's a way to uh, balance the competitive aspect of augments at all? Yeah, 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 they're doing a better. Like, I'm pretty sure the augments now are pretty balanced. Mm. Um, but there are some that are like, like, like if you're playing Sivir, right? Like, if you got weak spot versus someone who got like. Freaking, I don't know, something bad. That's a pretty big like difference, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like Soul said, there's a lot of there's a lot of skill expression. Uh, for example, like built if, if you don't know how to play built if, you completely ignore that, right? But if you're if you know how to play built if, you can take that and you probably get a better placement than uh, versus a person who didn't take it. So there there is skill in uh, augments for sure. It's very watching the Chinese regionals last night was really interesting. Uh, because they fucking love built diff. There's like two Dude. diff players in every lobby. I can't wait to watch Worlds this year because I feel like it'll be really interesting seeing the, um, the different regions and what augments they like. Yeah, that I totally agree with. And uh, that starts this weekend with the LCQ as well. We know we get to see some of the world's best players fighting out to try and make it to Worlds as well. 
Um, let's keep going on Worlds. I want to actually get your thoughts on uh, the NA competitors that are being sent this year. Uh, I'd love yep. to start with GV8, recent guest on, on the podcast. He talked a lot about um, how he did it. He was working so hard for the people that believed in him and how excited he was and how he was just going to ignore TFT for like a week and then go back to start grinding. So how did you feel about GV8's... Pref- I know you, you were very focused on that final lobby in your own right, but how do you feel about GV8, his play, and how you think he'll do at Worlds? I mean, I was like one of the only people that... Not only people, but like... I remember I was like on the podcast ranking thing, Broden stuff, and and like... Me and Soju had to like uh, do the rankings, and I I wanted to rank GV at high, but Soju didn't want to rank him high. So I was like I was like a believer in GV already, just purely from uh, in-house scores. Like in all the in-houses that they played, GVA probably played in the most more most in-houses because we had morning in-houses and we had nighttime in-houses for like the uh, the the regular people and the DJs, right? And then uh, GVA like did both most of the time. So he. Definitely worked the hardest, and he definitely uh, grinded out the most in-house games, and his in-house scores were cracked. So I knew he was on, like he like if something clicked, and he was in a good he was in a good spot. Uh, people's arguments were like, "Oh, GVA is not a tournament player; like he has bad tourney results." But I feel like I I remember I was in one of his streams, and he said he realized what he was doing wrong, and that it clicked. Um, so um, I don't know why I believed him, but <laughs> um, apparently it did click, and. Uh, as far as uh, as far as worlds, um, and how he'll do, I feel like that mainly depends on if he's good at the patch or not. So I don't know how good he is at the patch. I haven't seen him play because I don't. I'm not awake when he's awake. Um, but but uh, hopefully the patch is good for him, and uh, if it's good for him, he'll do he'll do really well. Also, he has a time advantage because he's used to waking up. Uh, he'll actually be in peak form because when we play in NA tournaments, it's it actually starts at 7 p.m. for him and it ends at like midnight for him. Kind of, yeah. And he is a morning person, so he's actually been not in peak form in all the tournaments that he's played in. So we're about to see peak form GV8 at Worlds. <laughs> yes, that's exciting. Um, a another competitor, of course, uh, one civil one trick. I was wondering if you wanted to touch on <laughs> uh, how you think Milk might do at the event. Uh, Milk is really hard to tell because he always downplays himself before attorney, so I don't know if he's good or bad. Like, right now his LP is so bad, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm fucked. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm, I'm fucked. But then, like, he always gets first. So I think he'll, I think he'll be, I think he'll be in a great spot. He just needs to, uh, the biggest thing is his, uh, time to sleep schedule because he's been waking up at, like, midnight, and he sounds omega tired. So, um, you know, hopefully he sorts that out, and, uh, hopefully he, it clicks for him. And he has a girlfriend buff this time, so... He uh, yeah, it's we're we're seeing peak form peak form milk <laughs> as well. So yeah, um, honestly, Soul. I mean, we we had the absolute pleasure of of chatting to GV8, and we haven't yet had the pleasure to to chat to Milk. But what are your thoughts uh, specifically about those two before we carry on? Yeah, I think uh, I think GV8 Goose has a has a playstyle that uh naturally lends itself really well to twenties. Um, he he's a very like very tempo, very aggro, very sort of strongest board at all times kind of player. And I think that, like, kind of playstyle is inherently always going to be, it's always going to be solid. It, it, it might not be the best playstyle in any given, like, patch, any given tourney, but, like, I think it's always, like, a really solid baseline. Um, so I think, like, he's got definitely got that going for him. 
think milk. Uh, I don't know. I, I think milk is more of a wild card, but I, 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 I feel like every time, as Robin said, every time milk's been like, oh yeah, I'm fucked. I don't know what I'm gonna do. He always like manages to pop off. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised as well this time if like he just he just completely you know pops off at worlds. So yeah, I, I think that like if anything like uh it, it, especially like during like uh during the in-house preparation phase, it's actually like probably better to like not do too well because. Uh, and to actually be doing badly because then, then like especially if like our process is like good you can identify like all the things you're doing wrong and like really sort of try to like iron out all the mistakes as opposed to like if you're just steamrolling everybody i, I feel like you know you're, you don't you definitely don't learn as much as you could like if you're just like winning every single lobby and like yeah i mean there's still stuff to be learned when you win right like there's still mistakes to get made even in games where you win but in general, it's. I feel like uh, it's definitely like harder to identify, identify mistakes. Hmm. Finally, I want to talk about the tactical surrenderer, as the uh, oh yes, the online article called it. Free QA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, QA is fucked. PQA is fucked. He's been he's he's been playing Valorant the entire time, so he he's fucked. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, he's he started to play TFT recently. He's back um, on TFT. That's good. Yeah, he's back on TFT after Valorant, but I think like he got hit with the he got bit by the Valorant bug. So uh. when he's playing TFT in the back of his head, he's just like, "Fuck, I want to play Valorant." So I don't know if he's gonna give it hundred percent on TFT to be honest. Um, but DQA is cracked in tourneys. Um, so also he did really well the first. He did he actually did really well the first worlds that he was he attended at. So obviously nerves is not a problem for him. Um, so I think uh. I mean, I think he's still going to do really well. Um, I think DQA and Milk both have the veteran buff, where it's their second worlds, so they're not going to be as nervous, and they know their what the mistakes that they made the first worlds. So, um, yeah, we'll see. DQA, he was also like second ranked after day two, I think as well. Like he was way up there, ready like during regionals as well. I think he was like the second yeah, yeah, yeah. player before the day. So, yeah, but he just played Warwick every game, so. Fake, fake ring too. Do you think it's um, is Warwick fucked? Can I ask that? I haven't seen any Warwick plays in a while. Is it? Uh, it's like below below average. Still playable though. Level if you high roll. Augment dependent. Is it more augment dependent now than like hard forceable? You definitely can't hard force it. I hard force it once I went eighth. Yeah. Um, you have to let it. You have to. You have to like. You have to like. Uh, yeah. You have to play it when you have the opener. Which is how it's supposed to be. So it's good. Yeah. Fixed comp. Didn't take him very long. Yeah. Maybe like three patches. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty good like for TFT, to be fair. Ah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for that, Robin. Let's, uh, I want to finish up um, the, our big sort of discussion on worlds by talking about your sort of future plans, Robin. Are you um, set seven, is it? We go again. We're gonna qualify for the next World Championships. We're gonna do everything we can to to be back at Worlds. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that seven. I'll probably go a little bit harder. Do some VOD reviews and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna try for set seven. I'm gonna keep trying until uh until TFT competitive like dies, I guess. But mm. yeah, see, catch me in set seven Worlds. Great. Uh, this is the portion of our podcast where we switch over to question time. 
And uh, guys, okay. if you do want to ask questions for our guests to come on, you can join the Discord and uh, ask a question in our questions channel. So this is where I hand over to Sol and we, we get the questions going. A lot of them will be uh, specifically for Robin, uh, of course. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing what we've got. All right. So without further ado, uh, first question comes from uh, Vince. Uh, and the question is, uh, how do you feel about the state of TFT and its progression as a competitive game overall for all the set space? Uh, progression of TFT, um, it's getting better competitively, getting better every year. I've been saying that, but Kiyun just says, like, oh, copium, copium, like, set, <laughs> like, uh, it's getting worse every year. I'm like, bro, that's cap. Like, dude, set three competitive was so trash. Like, um, I think it's getting better every year, but everyone has different opinions. Kiyun's the um, guy that used to play TFT, right? Yeah, I mean, he started. He 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 started playing again. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's. I think it's getting better every year. Um, so, yeah. But as like as like a, as from like a design perspective or like a whatever, I think I think uh, I think Mortog and his team are getting better every year. Um, at like knowing what people want to play. Uh, actually, I don't know. I was gonna say like better, getting better at balancing slash unit design every year, but like I don't know about that actually. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I think they always like manage to get there. It's just that as you said earlier in the pod, like it sometimes just takes them way too long to get there. Like sometimes it doesn't take them as long, and then yeah, sometimes it just takes them way too long to figure out some of the units. Yeah. I will say that it's way harder in the point five sets, and I totally understand why like the point five sets are generally seen as like quite forgettable. Because they don't have enough time. They just have to bring back shit that's been in other mm -hmm. sets. Like I get I get why they have to do that because they're focused so hard on making the point zero sets. So I mean, in two months' time, everyone will be like, dude, set seven's the fucking greatest or set seven's the fucking worst. Like it won't it won't matter how the augments made people feel in six point five, you know, I think for most people. So I think we'll we'll see a big difference in uh in the coming in the coming weeks it and months. If if you think about it, the TFT team has so limited time that it's actually crazy. If you're a developer, mm. uh, how how many sets is it a year? Two sets a year, right? Yeah, two sets a year. So that's four, four, four sets, right? Total, like including the point fives. So they have what's four? What's twelve divided by four? Three months. So they have three months to work on a point five set. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. or it's like a, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, it's not a brand new game, but it's like almost every champion is like, they try to do every champion's different, you know, new, new augments system and stuff like that. They have to program the augments in like, and they have three months to do it. Like, what? Uh, so yeah, it's actually really impressive. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. Plus all uh, the patches. Mm-hmm. Another question from uh, Vince. Uh, so, how has the partnership with uh, Team Liquid been for you? Do you think more streamers and players should strive for team partnerships? Uh, it's been great. Like, um, it's been great. It gave me a lot of exposure, and um, gave me a lot of exposure. And they have a they have a great team. Um, you know, like I think uh, my computer was getting a little bit slow, and I was gonna buy a new computer, and then Twitch chat was like, "Oh, you should ask TL." Like. This is literally for your job. So I asked TL, and then I think uh, they're like, "Oh yeah, like 
we'll get you one. So that's really nice of them. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Oh. And then uh, <laughs> uh, they send you a shit ton of merch. It's kind of nice. You don't have to buy clothes ever. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I do recommend. Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like everyone wants to get signed anyways. So I don't think I need to convince anyone. But um, yeah, it's been uh, every experience has been positive so far ever since signing with Team Liquid. There's literally like no negatives. Like they don't take. Uh, oh, I think they're supposed. I think orgs, depending on your contract, they're supposed. They're supposed to take a cut of your winnings, tournament winnings. But then TFT tournament winnings are so low. They're like, they're like, nah, you can keep it. <laughs> you're, gonna be, you're gonna be a seventy. You're gonna be a seventy-five Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have like. There's no negatives. Like you don't have to like sell your soul or like give them half of your Twitch earnings or whatever. Like they don't take anything. So it's actually like kind of crazy. Um, moving on. Uh, question from Zemo concerning double up. Someone who has played double up at the highest level, what would you like to see for double up in terms of mechanics slash gameplay, and what changes would you like to see in its ranked ladder to make it more interesting? Um, I don't know. I'm not creative enough to know what they should add for double up. That might be a better question for Ramblin. He's a little bit more creative and stuff, but. In terms of like uh, how to be maybe you want to play it, like just change the ranking system to regular, like challenge yourself. Like I'm pretty sure people will play it. Um, not this, not this like blue tier, purple tier stuff. Mm. Um, they need to uh fix like all the bugs, and then they need to create. They need to uh allow you to do in house uh, double up. That'll help it a lot because I know a lot of friends want to play double up with their friends, like with like a group of friends. So you can play double up like. Eight people. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, I think that like but, the. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut. No, no, uh, no, yeah, no, I was no. Saying, I, I think that like the ranking system for double up is like it, in in hyper to an extent. I think it's like it's not intrinsically bad, but like because that we're like we're also used to the regular ranking system from ladder. There's always just gonna be like that familiarity that like we all want to like default to. So, yeah. Yeah. It just makes it like. I think it's just hard to like engage with it just because it's like it's a different system, you know, we're used to like the one that we, we, we've already played with for so long. It's, yeah. Like it, it's hard to sort of quantify like what a good rank is in double up or hyper roll because you're like, oh, the rank, like I have like 6,000 6, points. And it's like, cool. What, what does that you know mean? You know, I, 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 I take all my measurements in LP. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Cool. Agreed. All right. Moving on, uh, I've got a question from uh, Natura who asks, "Who would you call the god of TFT?" President. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, you heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> god of TFT, like the goat or or the goat of TFT. Yes, I okay. guess we could frame it like that. I guess we could frame it like that. Who would you say is like the goat? Actually, let's actually put it this way. Who who, who would you say is the goat of uh, NATFT? I uh, okay okay. I, I had this conversation with Soju. Um, I think it's either between Milk or Socks right now, uh, because Milk and Socks both went to Worlds twice, and um, they are really really consistent on ladder as well for every set. So I think right now it's between Milk and Milk and uh, Socks for sure. Um, and yeah, but I think if you count every region, 
if you count every region, it's probably uh Huame who won worlds uh last year. Oh Huame, yeah. Yeah, and he also went to world he also went to worlds like the previous year. And also Casey Double. Casey Double's going to worlds this year and he also won worlds um one of the years. I feel like you have to win uh, worlds to be considered a GOAT. Is this a set three champion? He was he... yes. well, yeah, set, set three champion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a set three champion. Yeah, yeah. Like I think for you to be the GOAT, you have to you have to either go to worlds or win worlds, and you also have to be really consistent every single set on ladder and have really good tournament placings every single set. So like yeah. Right now the the people that are in that category is like Juan May, Casey Double, Milk, Sox, I think. Yeah. Sorry, got another one uh, from uh, Miwu, uh, and the question is: Which champion and ability would you want to see in TFT? Uh, I mean, I feel like I I quit League a long time ago, so like all the champions that I know are probably like older, um, and they're probably already in TFT. But I like uh, I mean, I like Riven's my favorite champ, so I want Riven to come back. But that's kind of a badge uh, answer. So maybe like Ramis. You can roll around and like taunt someone or something. Ooh. Yeah, Ramus would have been my answer too. There's only like two units that haven't been put in TFT now, I think, or like three champions. I don't know. Like I quit League ages ago as well, so I don't even know the like the newest champion. Yeah. But I mean, it'd be like Vex. I know Vex is like a mid laner in League of Legends. She actually does like a big Fear and like Fear's units. That would be like a cool ultimate ability, kind of a bit like. Um, yeah. Uh, like oh. set for Lilia, I don't know, but like fear, like the the units run in the opposite direction instead yeah. of going, going to sleep for three seconds. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like, is it just like rat? Like, because Alistair and Corky had never been in TFT before, and now they're just like they're just uh, in six. They're, they're new. Yep. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. gonna be next set for sure then. Ramus next. Ah set. yeah, confirm, confirm. You know yeah. they uh, you know the uh, Scarab was supposed to be Ramus. I did see that. Oh, 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 that oh that's right. I think they said so. Yeah, but they was like, oh, it's too. They want to keep like, it. Yeah, that's uh, like, it, that's not worthy of like a Ramus appearance, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, it would be his first appearance as well. It's like, not if that's, that's fair. I, I personally would really like to see a four cost Camille that, that hook shots everywhere and executes everybody. I think that'd be a lot, a lot of fun. Oh. That would be sweet. I didn't even know Camille had like more than just her W ability. More than just a time. Well, her gimmick in League is like, uh, she has a she she fires a grapple hook and then like she releases off it and dives onto people. Yeah, so, yeah, right. And I know that Akshan like his he's got a broken ability where he like revives if somebody. Uh, but we've had Akshan already though. We've had Akshan in five. In five. He just song around shooting everyone. Yeah, times. Instead yeah. of uh, Kindred, they got rid of Kindred, right? A question. All right, let's move on. Uh, so, I got a question from Jirachi, well-known uh, talent abuser, who asked, uh, "No meme. How good is Time Flies? How good is Time Flies? Oh, it fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, it's good. It's good if you're a challenger and you play in flat or gold. Today, I played. I actually played it in house with my friends, uh, and I got first with Zillion Reroll. So, <laughs> it's good in in that sense." <laughs> <laughs> There's the but, clip of you going A for the or something. That didn't count right. because that was I got presentative. <laughs> but uh So don't find a uh, If you want to climb in ranked, uh and you're in challenger, yeah, you can't play it. It sucks. 
It's too uh, no, 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 no. You can actually no. I don't know. I played it. I played it a couple times. I got third, third, fourth. So it's actually doable. Like in like one through ten, how bad it is. I think it's actually like it's like five. It's like not. It's like four. It's like not that bad. It's actually playable. Like if you get true twos and you get zillion two swing two, you can play it. Um. But yeah, I wouldn't hard force it every game. You're gonna lose our LP. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a shame that like there are more comps like that where like um they they're using two sort of unit interactions that are yeah. sort of unintuitive. Like uh, in you know set five we had the the bulldozer comp with uh Varus Pantheon. Mm. Yeah. Was really really cool. That, that was actually yeah. a good comp as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's always really fun when those kind of comps show up that uh have like hidden like, that like sort of abuse hidden synergies between units. And, yeah, and yeah. Really cool. Uh, cool. Wombo combos. It was different Moving when we on? had chosen as well. Sorry, like, just, sorry, I was just gonna say it was different when we had chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like force anything because like just like any chosen like three star unit was usually like all right. Like because there was just so many so many options to build like good boards around your chosen unit. Yeah. So yeah, continue. Yeah, no, it's all good. Okay. Um. Uh, this is reaching the sort of last of our prepared questions already. So if you know if anyone in the chat wants to ask anything, feel free to drop your question now as well. By the way, uh, but this one comes from Chaselbeck, and it's mostly to do with sort of augments. Um, so I guess the first one is, uh, what are your views on the uh, removed augment? Like uh, this one's kind of hard because I don't even remember which augments were removed. Uh, uh, I don't remember, nice. but as far as I can remember, it's they're all good. Like I re I agreed with every single decision that they made. Um, I mean, they, yeah, they removed the uh, freaking woodland trinket because that 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 augment was literally horrible the entire set. And, oh like, yeah, a, yeah, a nightmare to balance. Um, oh, yeah. God, I don't know what else they removed, Hextech but crest and Hextech. Oh, Hextech crest. Yeah. Um, why did they remove that? Okay, I think Hextech the reason why they was better. Yeah. You know why? You know? You know why Hextech? You know? You know the the core problem with it is because of Alistar. Yeah, is Al Alistar was a was a hectic unit, so so heart was better because you can't even fit on eight, right? Um, so I guess that was like a design flaw that they realized, and like there's no point for hexic crest, so they just removed it. That I agree with. Um, and then yeah, yeah, yeah I don't remember. They removed their um, hectic unity and scholar, scholar crest. Uh, yeah, hectic unity was like hectic unity was like oh, hectic unity was like so bad. And then Scholar Crest is even more bad because, like, who cares who you put the Scholar Crest on? Like, you just want a Scholar, right? So, um, I've been saying, like, set six is basically set seven PBE. Like, they're, they, they're preparing for set seven. All these, like, augment balances, they realize that, like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, maybe Scholar Crest is, like, dog. And, like, maybe, like, Hexa Crest is, like, bad with Alistar. And, like, um, Woodland Trinket is, like, too creative and stuff like that. So, like, um, I think they'll know which augments to keep and which augments to like the new augments they they do they uh um they um it doesn't set seven they'll like keep it within the uh creativity slash like make it balanceable and stuff like that so set six was just like a guinea pig for set seven um in terms of like an augment experimentation yeah I agree with the chat it was a it was an ad for arcane set six point five that's what it was <laughs> from arcane oh yep yep yep. <laughs> You get to play Silk, um, you get to play all your favorite characters from the hit TV show Arcane. Yeah. And then uh, then you move on to the 
What's the new theme of the new set? Dragons? It's like dragons and cults dragons. and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Aesol's coming back. You know they added Sokol's, like, Sokol talking, finally? Oh, the Sokol lights are so good. Yeah, they're so, so good. they're so cool. I don't know why it took yeah, them so long to really add cool. it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're really cool, but Sokol's kind of toxic. Like, um, <laughs> like, when you, like, when you die, he just says, like, oh, disappointment, disappointment. Yeah, I, I saw this on your stream, actually. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, it's actually, like, like, I'm not that sensitive, and, like, my games don't matter. But, like, dude, if the games matter, or, like, imagine a tournament... When you're playing a tournament and you get fucking fought for it, and so it was like disappointing. You're like, oh, shut the fuck off. <laughs> well, that's All cool. Right. Sure. Uh, it took him a while to track uh, down the, the voice actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they finally got him, though. That's great. Uh, Alright, still from uh, still some questions from Chasm Effect. It's mostly still just about augments. Um, so we'll try to get through these somewhat quickly. Uh, first one is, uh, how do you feel about the sort of new current state of Windfall? Uh, do you think the gold is worth it? And in what stages do you think it's worth it? They, uh, I believe they recently buffed Windfall again. Yes. Uh, I don't like Econ Augments. Oh, I do like Econ Augments, but not, not if they're Prismatic. Like, Econ Augments are good if they're Tier 1 or Tier 2. But Tier 3, um... If you take Windfall, you're just down to Prismatic, and it just feels really bad. I mean, you're not down to Prismatic, but, like, if you can't, if you can't, like, uh, um, I, I don't know the word, but, like, um, use the gold and put it on your board, then you're down to Prismatic. Um, I, I don't think it's good. They buffed tier, uh, um, stage one Prismatic, uh, Windfall, um, to 20 gold. Um... Rich get richer is 14 gold, right? And you get the additional, like, uh, more econ. And that's it's six more gold than Rich get richer. Is six gold worth a, a tier jump from tier two to tier three? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't think Windfall's ever my first choice uh, as a last last or second prismatic. So I just think the, um, the combat prismatics are way too strong for you to get an econ prismatic. That's why all the econ prismatics suck. Like, uh, like the uh, the reroll one and like level up, they're all like really bad. So I feel like they should just make like all all, all like uh, combat prismatics. Mm. I, mean, I think I the best like treasure trove, you yeah. know, like if you're gonna do oh treasure trove three is busted so as a first. Treasure trove is yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, These items. Gonna do it, so, yeah. If you're gonna do like econ augments in the prismatic tier you should make them more like treasure trove where you get like the value in units as well as gold instead of just flat gold like i don't care yeah. about 20 gold at one four if all i can buy is a pair of brands and a camille as yeah. opposed to get as opposed to having the option of getting like nico's tome like a like a lucian and echo or morgana or whatever out of out of boxes and things like that oh yeah the units are like the three cost units are broken that's yeah. why like the, the orbs are so broken. And three cost units, like, on stage two, are always, they've always been really good. Not always broken, yeah. but, like, always really good. You know, like, you, you, I think about, like, set five, like, getting, like, Nidalee Riven out of yeah. an orb. Oh, yeah. And, like, you just fucking... Yasuo, Yasuo, Lee Sin. Oh, yeah. baby. Yasuo, yeah. Lee Sin out of an orb. Kindred, Kindred set two was, like, just, yeah. broken. Even like set four kindred with like spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. So uh, like usually getting a three cost out of an orb 
is like significantly much more value than just like having 20 gold that you have to hold on to at 2-1 unless you want to buy an extra zigs. Well, I mean, Yordles is different, but unless you want to buy a, a singed, something like that, you know? So I think if they're going to do the Econ augments for Prismatic, make them more like champion-based. Give us more units to play around with. That'd be my opinion. Yeah. Like, my, my, my pick for strongest, like, Econ Prez is, is... I don't even know if it counts as Econ Prez, but my pick is Merksol. That's, that's just because of how warping that yeah. mechanic is, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Some guy in CN Regionals had seven Mercs in, like, Stage 3. Yesterday. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So strong. It's the regional qualifiers, right? Like, yeah. the actual regionals didn't start yet, right? Or did it? It's the next weekend? It's still the regional qualifiers. Yeah. Okay. They have Just multiple... The... Like multiple finals, I think it's weird. Yeah, I remember their reading reg their regional finals it. are in person, and they're like two weeks before Worlds on the Worlds patch. Is so, the regional finals like eight people? Like the final lobby? Like yeah, I think it's eight people or sixteen. Yes, yes, it's eight people. people. Oh, oh, so regionals is already going on right now, right? Like yeah, the regional like, qualifiers uh, yeah. for the final eight regional finals is currently going on. Oh, okay. And they're yeah. getting like fifteen grand or something. Wait, 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 when do they play? Like, grand? Wait, isn't that, like, way more? Oh, no, but that's, like, <laughs> anyway. just for the qualifiers, yeah. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, well, I, all I know is I was watching GB8, like, last night, Australian time, watch it, and that was, like, mm -hmm. eight hours from now when it was live. Oh, so it's DGen hour. Okay. Yes, it's DGen for the west coast of America. And, like, early, early morning for the east coast. Yeah. Right. Um, Maxi Maxi von uh book in the chat asks: Is high five worth it now that it's gold? Oh yeah, definitely. High five is it, it got nerfed right to like four, four out of yeah. five. So at four, worst, yeah, four, five, at four, worst yeah. it's twenty gold. At worst it's twenty gold, right? Mm. Tier two twenty gold is pretty good. Um. So the only time um, you can get it is four six. Is that still true? You get it only at four six though. You get it yeah. pretty late. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's four. worth. It's only a it's tier two. Like, even if you miss, yeah. you're down a tier two. You yeah. know what's broken though? Uh, four score as a tier one. Mm. Four so score tier four, one. Yeah, four score is a tier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a I tier one. Yeah. It's it's yeah. minimum it's minimum twelve gold as a tier one. Um and uh and then if you get the chap the four cost that you want, it's uh you know it's uh, infinite yeah. value. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think uh, high five is definitely worse than four score. Um, it, it, it's not the best, I think, but it's definitely takeable. But I don't play around five cost units really. So yeah, I was gonna say I think high five makes sense if you're uh, if you're in a spot where you can sort of fast nine, so that like um, getting dropped five cost pairs is like something you can play around. I think. Yeah. I think like just getting dropped raw five cost is not as good, uh, purely because like. Uh, it could just be hard to fit them in your board, or like you know, you might just not hit. Yeah. Oh, hey, Liam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, oh. I mean, the way that the five costs are at the moment, I feel like getting like ninety percent of them is really good. They're also yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're really, really yeah. good. Like if you get a pair of Victor or like a pair of Jinx, and you're playing twin shots. It's like, okay, it's over. The game's just fucking over. For sure. Um, 
Thoughts on Tiny Titans being silver? Um, I think uh, Tiny Titans appearing stage one is still not that good. But stage two, I think it's pretty good. Um, not stage two, uh, stage three. The second augment, if you get Tiny Titans, I think it's actually pretty good. A tier one for 35 health, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you watched the OC regionals, Robin, but we had our um our final game of the OC regionals was basically decided by a four six tiny titans. In a really? In a, yeah. Uh, that, that's probably uh, why. Oh they yeah, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if you heard. Yeah, that that was uh, man, that was heartbreaking with the difference between Esha and Mickey Waltz. Wait, yeah. so Esha got tiny titans by someone else? Yeah. And that's well, why he didn't make yeah. worlds. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I mean, what the. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> the guy was on like four, like fourteen health last life. And then he got yeah. tiny titans and ended up four, like ended up finishing like high rolling a fourth and getting um replacement over Esha. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. That, I didn't know it was that close. It was a super tight race either way, but uh, just yeah, that that that, that four six tiny titans was uh, very. Oh, it was unlucky. Augment diff. Maybe try next set, Esha. It was a spicy one. Yeah, 1.2. It was a spicy one. Yeah. As for Tiny Titans, like, one of the things that... You, you'll see it more, basically, because it's a silver, because more games have the silver limits. So the fact that it's going to be in more games is really interesting as well, especially for ladder. I think that that changes a couple of things. I've always been a big proponent of taking, like, Tiny Titans... On stage one, like I don't think it's great unless you hard force Mercs because you essentially give yourself three extra or four extra losses potential before you just die. Yeah. So I've always I've always been a big proponent of taking it if your plan is I'm gonna hard force Mercs. Uh, so yeah, I think you'll see it more often, but I don't think it changes all that much. I feel like the games are just gonna be like a little bit longer on average because there's gonna be two random people who just take it instead of I don't know, target dummies in the first aid kit or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I think that like the yeah, I think that like the one four version in general is just fairly weak unless exactly like you have that exact sort of merc opener like you, know, you you go drop like a GP from box and then you get up a one four time hands you're like okay I'm gonna okay bet I'm I, I'm forcing merc this game I, I think that yeah. in that that context it can be like extremely powerful um but I think that like in just a generic context it's not that good I think like in my opinion at least the biggest problem I see with it taking it like really early is that it grips your carrot priority. Um, and that it, it makes like slamming items really, really weird, especially yeah, by griefing that priority. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. That being said, it is a lot of raw value for a, for a silver. So I think I feel like the jury is like definitely still out on it. After like, you know, is this too powerful? Is this appropriately powered? Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you have a really strong opener, you can take tiny titans because you're not gonna have carousel priority yeah. anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually that would be like the main head. argument. Yeah, and then you just probably get a free top four because you have a strong stage two, strong stage three, and you fall off late game, but you have thirty five more health. So, but then I think the counter argument to that people would be like, well, you know, if your if your open is already strong, why would you not just take like a a combat augment right to to yeah. push that lead? So, I think it would have yeah. to be in a scenario where you True. didn't get offered a good combat augment, you got offered exactly tiny titans, your board is strong enough to win streak, and then yeah, you I'm pretty sure it's never team. the I'm pretty sure it's never the best choice. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's why that's why I'm sort of out on it as well. So, hmm. 
Great. I think that's all the uh, that's pretty much all the questions I had prepared. So you know, if anyone in the chat still wants to sort of ask, pick, pick Robin's brain for anything else, uh, you know, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's that's everything I had prepared. You guys are lucky that Soul's letting you answer question, ask questions today. I told you guys it wasn't happening. So if you've got any questions in Twitch chat, you guys have exactly <laughs> two minutes to ask questions. It's cool. Until sure. um, yeah, Soul's the the kind parent out of both of us. Um, as a good cop, he's the bad cop. Yeah, a good cop. Uh, while we wait, I do want to say a big thank you, however, to Robin for joining us today. I really enjoyed having you on, so thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Wait, who's representing OCE? So we have um, uh, KNP. I'm not going to say what his name actually stands for. Uh huh. Um, and, wait, why not? Uh, well. Okay. Well, we can say, say that. This is, this is an M rating. We can say it. We can say it. We can say it. We can say it. It's so fine. his um his name is K N P N G R Z. I think that's right. Which I'm pretty sure translates to Ket and Pingers, which is like Ket is obviously short for ketamine, which is like horse tranquilizer, uh -huh. and Pingers is yeah. like Australian slang for. That's right. Pingers is an Australian thing. Ping Pingers is like Australian slang for like MDMA. Pingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an Australian thing. Yeah. That sounds cool. So uh, yeah, we're sending Ket and Pingers to Worlds, um, and TXE, also known as Ron, uh, he was the one that Tiny Titans uh, Escher and Kade out of a world spot. Okay. Are are are, um, are are they like strong fighters, uh, or are they like Ket and Pingers? Like, like... He's really strong. I, was, I can't keep saying. He that. I'm just really gonna well. say KMP. He played super well for the entire three days, but no one had ever yeah. really heard of him beforehand like a really mm -hmm. good just like a ladder player like a really strong ladder player and uh, txc has been like at regional events before and things like that like rod is yeah txc rod is he's really good but uh i mean he's already said like on his stream that like he's gonna be really busy with like for life commitments with like uni and assignments and everything yeah so he's got the he's got the he's got the irl debuff going into 20 mm -hmm. so he, he is definitely a solid player all right uh, yeah all right. Well, we do have we did the guy that organizes tournaments down here in OC did say that's not actually what his name is. Um, so uh, what? Okay. So we have one last question from chat, and that is comes from Just Buffer, and that is why? Uh, why did you write your time flies guide since it made me lose two hundred LP? I mean, that's a player div. That's a player <laughs> div. Yeah. I did fine with time flies. Yeah. He wrote the guy. Yeah, it's it def it's definitely playable. It's definitely playable. Go play it, guys. The high detect though, secret tech. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Trust. It's just a PG. P guaranteed. Well, guys, that's gonna be it for today's episode. Just one more um final shout out and thank you guys for listening. Uh, first of all, I'd like to give a big shout out to my co-host Sol for joining me on this episode. As usual, Sol, where can people find you if they if they want to find? That was you? super fun as always. Uh, yeah, to Steve. Twitch.tv slash slash soul underscore TFT. Man, I'm so plugged about plug myself. Yeah, yeah, that, that's mostly where you can find me. There you go. Great. And uh, I mean, Robin Songs, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows where they can find you. But once again, a big thank you for joining us. Uh, and for those of you that maybe don't, where, where can people find you uh, online? Uh, you can find me at Robin Songs, everything. Every, all my socials are Robin Songs. Wonderful. Uh, guys, my name is Cutler, so you can find me twitch.tv slash Cutler with a three. And for next week, if you guys stick around for the post-show, we'll reveal who's coming on next time. Uh, until then, 
Thank you very much for listening to your Disney Roll Down podcast, and we will see you next time.